0: You might be downloading us on your favorite uh, podcast app, or you're listening on CFRC in Kingston. Um, We're back once again, Mike and Taylor here. Uh, Taylor, the uh, summer movie season officially kicked off. This, This is the beginning of summer for me, now that I've seen the first Marvel movie to kick off the summer, the May Marvel movie.
1: I don't know what the weather's like uh out your way mike but today was probably one of the first i don't know we had a stretch a couple weeks ago where it was very hot but like today in west end kingston it was so beautiful i was like it feels like summertime today so you're it's appropriate the movies are are sizzling the weather is heating up it's summertime
0: well, and it's interesting because I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three like on May Fourth when it came out a week ago, and even then it still felt kind of springy. Yeah. But since that point, yes, I, I the same for me. It's today is bright and sunny. The sun's out longer. It's not setting as earlier. Um, it's warmer. Not super uncomfortable warm yet because I I nice. do get really warm yeah. really fast. But I... nice.
1: It was like um eighteen twenty in our, my neighborhood. Yeah. Like to me, that's perfect.
0: That's great. Uh, A <laughs> little bit of wind to yep. keep it cool. Not it. not super humid. Yeah, I agree. And this is this is where to me it really feels like the summer movie season has kicked off. Because yeah, sure. I I really for my movie going, I kind of have like three movie seasons, and then the fourth season is there's nothing. So yeah. summer movie season <laughs> being one of them. Then there's a gap like August, September, October, not as much going on unless there's like a really good new horror movie. But for some reason, they, those keep getting released in June. Yep. Um, so there's kind of a gap. And then there's like the, the November, December, fall movie season where in and around the holidays you get other big films that come mm-hmm. out. And then there's January, February, March, which for me at least is Oscar season. Even though there's not a lot of new movies, I'm catching up on all the Oscar films that haven't been released in Canada yet that we get. So those are kind of my three seasons. And then there's just gaps in between where there's nothing <laughs> for like a couple of months here and there. The dead time. Yes, exactly. So summer movie season is, I, I mean, I was going to say it's my favorite, but it's really not. They're all my favorite, but for very different reasons. I love summer movie season because I really don't care. I just go to the movie theater. It's usually air conditioned. Now that I'm enjoying my VIP experience, can have some nachos or some wings or something and just watch. I don't care if it's a stupid movie. I just want to watch a popcorn flick for two hours. And I don't even care if it's long. I'm, I enjoy summer movie season for that. There are movies that I know are going to be bad that I'm looking forward to going to see. There's definitely
1: like blockbuster. Like if you want to watch a blockbuster, you yeah. watch it in July in an overly air conditioned movie theater to the point where you need to bring a sweater um, or Christmas time. So this is prime yeah, time absolutely. for blockbusters. And I agree with you, Mike, when the weather is nice, it doesn't matter if the movie's crappy. Like no, it really doesn't. It <laughs> you know, it's still warm when you leave the theater, even if the sun's down, like it is just a vibe. And you know, so sad that our um drive in theater closed um mm. here in um there is one I want to say Gan, and there's one in Prince Edward County, so still nearby, but um yeah, we're almost getting into drive in theater, and to me, that's definitely a place where it doesn't matter if the movie's good
0: no, it's about <laughs> the experience it's yeah. about
1: the theater you kind of like eh, like like yeah. It doesn't matter, but like you still are like, well, oh, that movie is bad. At a drive in, it literally I do not care one bit if the movie's trash.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I think it's just the mood too. I want to just watch some fun movies this summer. Um we'll yeah. a little later in the show we'll go through a list of some of the anticipated uh summer movies uh here. But I just it's even though I'm like, this is probably going to be bad. I'm kind of still looking forward to it. Or you get, you get your Tom Cruise staple where frankly, it's not going to be an Oscar winner, but you know, it's going to be good. Like, you know, the movie is going to be enjoyable and it's going to be entertaining. And even the most cynical movie fans admit that about Tom Cruise movies. Like, yep, I'm going to
1: have fun. You know what you're getting and he delivers.
0: Yeah. Every time, every single time. Like it's, it's, Mind Except
1: boggles. maybe his mummy movie. I didn't watch the mummy remake. Yeah, but it that was, was a not... less that was well, less we...
0: a him thing. Anyway, I mean that was that was an example of a very powerful individual fighting with a very powerful studio um, as to what that movie will be. So I think uh, yes, I think that, that was definitely a misstep. It's so, kind
1: of like weird, and this I don't want to like completely derail the intro, like we've done for the last like five episodes. No, but, just um,
0: do
1: it. <laughs> weird to me. That's like that was miscasting. Cause yes, I don't. When I think Tom Cruise, I do think action, but I don't think like fantasy. Even though he was like in one of the biggest like fantasy movies of the eighties, uh, Legend, I think is what it's called. But, um, uh. He, I don't automatically think like paranormal horror. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. like weird casting to me.
0: Well, and the, here this is the issue: one, he really wanted to do uh, yeah. that type of movie. Like I mean, I don't know this one specific, but that's right. what he wanted to do. And they wanted him to, so they wanted him to be the villain. They were setting it up so that Tom Cruise would actually be the big villain of oh. this monster movie franchise, where he. Would be like taking, I don't, I, again, I didn't see it, so I'm not 100% sure, but something right. about like he's trying to take advantage of like these old mythos creatures oh, and like
1: and, like, something and, like recruit them the for evil. Around.
0: Yeah, yeah, like he was good, but he objected to that because he's like, my fans aren't gonna like that. Like, I, mean, I don't enough. want to play. And and yeah, like that is honestly, that's fair enough. That's where it's weird casting. So apparently from what I've heard from people who saw it and from movie reviewers, the movies like feels like two completely different movies smushed into one where sometimes you get that still villain thing left over. And then he's also trying to be an action star and it just makes no sense whatsoever.
1: So what I know about that was that, um, it was supposed to be like the linchpin in a, uh, Oh, what do they call that? What's that uh
0: like the monster movie franchise? Yeah, the monster
1: movie franchise, but there's like a name there was like a name yeah, for it. But it was gonna be was like Mummy, anymore. Creature from the Black Lagoon, Dracula, um, like I wanna say like Paramount. It was like a studio name, like the studio that like yes. originally owned all that IP.
0: They created um, like a little studio thing for it to create its own universe. Yeah, yeah I do remember. It was supposed this,
1: yeah. to be like a franchise, and then the mummy movie was so bad, they had to completely it derailed it. Oh, hold... yeah, they had to... And
0: they they were probably thinking, well, I mean, we we started with Tom Cruise, so there's nowhere to go from here. Like if that yeah. didn't work, like it, it, you're right. It's really the only Tom Cruise movie I can name in the past like what 20 years that really flopped because even there was an obscure movie he did that did go into theaters that like financially was only okay. It was like a, I can't remember the name of it, but it's on Netflix now. It's like a sci-fi movie right. and it received critical fame. Like people love, like it's a critical little darling and like it's right. kind of got a cult following, but it didn't do well at the box office. But this was the only movie like the mummy that like everyone hated The critics didn't like it. The fans didn't like it. It bombed the box office and just didn't work. And that's the only, like, sort of stain on what is a pretty good resume for him.
1: Is he, I guess you'll read me the list, but does he have a movie coming out this summer?
0: He does. Um, I will go through the list. Why don't we just do it now? Whatever. It's all derailed anyway. Why not? Um, (laughs) We'll just go through it. I'll I'll go through it in order.
1: The sun Um, is shining. The birds are chirping. Let's let's just just, read the list. Let's
0: just do it. Um, So, yes, there is a Tom Cruise movie. We'll get to that one in a second because we are going to go in the... Uh, order so just opening this past weekend uh, for May twelfth was Blackberry, um, which Taylor's a movie you mentioned you wanted to talk about um, I wanna, and you're interested to see.
1: I want to see this so bad, a because the the cast is stacked. Well, and, Jay Baruchel, who's yeah.
0: fantastic,
1: and um, Glenn from It's Always Sunny. I don't know his
0: Glenn uh, Howerton.
1: Yeah, from or is that his real name?
0: I think well, Glenn Howerton is the, <laughs> the actor. The actor.
1: Okay, so oh, Dennis, yes, Dennis from guys. I I, I am sorry about having to come back to this radio show because I feel like you're getting like Taylor at fifty percent. I couldn't remember anyone's names prior. To my life before the baby came, and yeah, I, I mean, Taylor can't like, remember names
0: now. <laughs> like Taylor, you're being too hard on yourself. You never could remember names. That's not something that changed. You're not worse at it. It's the same. Like you're being way too hard yeah. on yourself. No one is. No, if you never said anything, no one no- would notice anything. Like, I don't feel like that I, not knowing I, the name I, of Someone like
1: <laughs> I feel like coming back. I've had like marble mouth like every single episode since I've been <laughs> no, back. No, you've been and, like,
0: fine. You've been yeah. totally fine. Honestly. The it's only the same stuff that's normal. Like, nothing's changed. Right. That's what it's been like. <laughs> well, <laughs> nothing well, has changed. Enough.
1: I was not at full capacity before I got sick, let alone now. So anyways, yes. um, yeah. <laughs> so Glenn Howerton, that's funny that I was like, yeah, Glenn from It's Always Sunny, thinking that that was his character's name. Anyways, I love him. I think, he, I think he's great. And there's a couple other people I'm pretty sure. Yes. The, yes. Um,
0: it, it, there's a bunch of people in the cast. Those are the two main ones. Like, those will be the two that the story follows.
1: And I love that it's, it's good. It looks like a comedy. You know what I mean? Like it's as like if, a like, snarky
0: fast paced comedy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like as if the social network was like funny, you know what um, I mean?
0: You know what it kind of reminds me of? Just the trailers. I'm sure it'll be different, but that movie that was about the market crash, like the bank market crash, the one that uh, all those stars were in, which was always like fast paced and funny. Right. That kind of that witty, kind of
1: and like you when, know, yeah, when, witty. Like, when
0: you when you have someone like Jay Baruchel, you know there's going to be comedy because he just naturally is so funny that I think he's going to bring that to most roles.
1: Anyway. I was a big BlackBerry girl. Um, oh, me too. I like, well, not helped.
0: a not a BlackBerry girl, but um,
1: oh, you could have you could have been a BlackBerry. I could I could have been a BlackBerry. Early, girl. Um, Blackberry? I,
0: I gotta tell you, I miss my BlackBerry. I have you it. Do. Like I still I still have the BlackBerry, but I'm I miss it. Like I, no phone I've had has ever competed with that. And it's one of the only phones I've kept over time is I still have my Blackberry, even though it's useless.
1: I held out as long as possible. And then I had to um move to DC for uh about a year, just under a year. And when I was in DC, I got like a, just like a cheapy smartphone. Um And like use that in, in America and got like an American plan. And then when I came back to Canada, none It was at the point where BlackBerry was like, not, I guess like folding technically, I think the company still exists, but they like, it was to the point where, um, they were going to, they pivoted to, to no longer support phones. Like they were going to just do, um, programming and not do like actual phones anymore. And so I came back to America, like so excited to like have my BlackBerry again and nothing, it like wasn't supported you know what I I mean like none of the apps would work like texting like they were like we don't know how long texting is gonna last I was like no so that's when I bit the bullet and got an iPhone
0: and it is such a shame because it did really change the phone like the direction of where phones went really did start with Blackberry like it was really the first phone where it was built to send emails on as yep. well as receive calls. And and at the time when I had this Blackberry, I was in like literally the middle and, and high point of running my theater company. So it was so perfect. Like I used that Blackberry all the time. It was so perfect for the work that I did, running around, having to do things, needing to be in constant contact with people. It was so perfect. I love my Blackberry.
1: Yeah, I missed the full keyboard. I yeah. even had like I had a couple I um blackberries, but like the the, the tracker ball. You know, when it still had a ball. Yes. yes. That's like the mouse. Oh, my gosh. And then my other BlackBerry connection is that my undergrad, I went to Waterloo. And um, so that's a big connection with um, BlackBerry and Research in Motion, the company RIM, I would have to cut through their parking lot to like get to classes at Waterloo and one winter I like totally ate it in the parking lot and like scraped my knee and was like crying. Whoa. And I was like, but I'm already halfway to class. So I'll just oh. go to the class with oh. like, a bleeding knee. <laughs> so that's my, that's my memory of, um, memory. <laughs> of Rim. But, uh, uh, so anyways, I'm dying to, to see this one because of, obviously yeah. like always want to support like big Canadian movies when they come out. Yes. But, um, it just looks really it looks really good
0: yeah big canadian movie big canadian stars i'm also very fascinated because one of the characters in it like jim balsilly who's sort of like the Swap businessman he he desperately tried to buy a hockey team about 10 15 years ago like just as blackberry was on its de- decline um, and completely didn't buy a hockey team but like completely was awful like he his attitude and approach and whatever like the nhl was just not for him and I guess he went kind of back, you know, backdoor way to try to buy an NHL hockey team, and it didn't go really well. Like, so no. I'm very fascinated to see him from the beginning, like kind of him portrayed.
1: Is that Glenn's um, character?
0: That's Glenn's character, yes. And like because Jay Baruchel like, actually or, plays the technician, yeah, career, right. Like yeah.
1: yeah. And Glenn plays the ex- exec And I love that he's balding.
0: Yeah, yeah. I,
1: love, <laughs> so I think it, that's so, like that's That does not happen very often. Where where <laughs> no. stars are like yes. I will go bald for this, yeah. for this piece. And he's like, That's I'm going to do yeah. it. Love it.
0: Um, he's a other... Juilliard
1: trained um, actor, eh?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you said his show is um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Is that the one?
1: Yeah. And he also is on AP Bio. And I don't know if that AP show Bio. got canceled. AP Bio was so funny. There was two seasons on Netflix and if you guys have not watched those two seasons go and watch them it is very very funny but anyways i'm a i'm a glenn howerton fan so please uh mike read me the rest of the list
0: okay um so uh fast and the furious 6 or 10 which is fast x
1: <laughs> i just saw like probably like half an hour before we started recording there's a headline it's supposed to be the first of 3 part finale yes this is
0: his one last trilogy he says vin diesel he said i wanted to do one last trilogy for my fans
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) okay, not
0: one movie not one movie one last trilogy
1: that's so stupid because it's just fast 10 11 12 but they're like no fast 10 part one of three Yeah. So, Technically so Fast
0: X, like they're really saying, no, 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 we're calling it Fast X. Like so it's even though X means 10, it's Fast. Yeah, it's not 10, it's Fast X is the official t- like Vin Diesel's been very clear about that. The movie's called Fast X. Okay. Why? I don't know. <laughs> and why that matters to him, I also don't know. Pass. I mean, also, this Pass. is the thing past two. But talk about another like stacked cast. Like the people in these movies, it's ridiculous. Charlie
1: Theron? Thir, thir, yep. um, I'm pronouncing that wrong, but yeah, Charlize uh,
0: Helen Mirren, what <laughs> Dame Helen Mirren is in this. Uh, Jason Momoa, Brie Larson, Academy Award winner Brie Larson, they're all in this movie. In addition to like his normal, you know, stock of you individuals.
1: Know, you know what? If I was of that caliber, like yes, those people are too talented Helen to be Mirren. in this movie. But like, <laughs> yes, if I are. was of that caliber, I'd be like. Yeah, whatever. I'll, I if guess paycheck, you, I'll go and I you know, have can fun. say the
0: same thing about superhero movies, right? Like yeah. you see big names in there cuz they're like whatever, something for my kid, my grandkids to watch or kids yeah. to watch or whatever.
1: Yeah. They're wildly right. popular. Like you and I don't like them, but they are wildly popular. So. It's very true. Why not?
0: It's Very true. Um, there's a movie I've never heard of called You Hurt My Feelings, which is opening May 26th and that's Julia Louise Dreyfus is in that. And apparently it's like a Sundance I wonder film if I
1: festival film
0: from A24. So A24 is one of those small studios that does create a lot of awards winning films. Like they've, they've had done a good job of doing that. So apparently this is just a very hyped summer movie. Yes. It'll be one of the smaller ones, but Julia Louise Dreyfus is already receiving a lot of like buzz for this one. Well, she's great. So there you go. Uh, the little mermaid live action oh. uh, remake May twenty sixth. <laughs> we all know what, that you'll be running for that one.
1: Have you um, seen what flounder looks like? No. The fi- the fish? I, I mean have, there's I a lot of seen. fish, but he's like a clown fish in the her buddy. Yeah. He looks I know, <laughs> horrible.
0: I know Aquafina plays the annoying bird. That's about the, oh, the extent. Oh, like the seagull? Yeah, the seagull. The seagull.
1: Okay, this is the problem, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this a lot, like, leading up to it, when we see, like, more sneak peeks or whatever, and then, like, afterwards, because our fans are probably going to write in and force us to watch it, but, um.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to, we're going to have to watch this movie, we have to accept that. Their
1: live-action movies, to me, look horrible. I hate their costuming choices, I hate their cinematography, um, and this is the problem that they ran into with with the Lion King, which admittedly I did not watch, but like I've seen enough stills to know like this to understand the critique. So when Lion King came out, people were like it was like um Uncanny Valley Valley, the animals were too hyper realistic and they just happened to have like Beyonce's voice. You know what I mean? It was like watching a lion with Beyonce's voice. Um and it loses the magic of animation. You know what I mean? Like, you lose the, right. the personality of the character. You lose the whimsy. And that is apparently what they're doing, again, despite the criticisms, with this movie. Because they've done, like, a hyper photorealistic fish right. for Flounder. And it's like, I'm sorry, but most fish are ugly. I'm a fish <laughs> hater. You know what I mean? Like... um, <laughs> They're not like cute and cuddly, you know what I mean? Like flounder in the movies, like very like round and bright colored and cute. And this is like okay, that's a fish. That's an that's a, like, an I'm there.
0: looking at a picture of it right now. Right?
1: <laughs> Look, I thought I'm like they, they can't be committing so to this. Stupid. <laughs> it's like kind of flat. It's not round. It's kind of flat and it has eyes like a fish where like picture a flat fish with like eyes on either side you am I describing this right Mike I'm, descri- I'm yeah, describing yeah that's that exactly it. what
0: it is. it's <laughs> as if flounder was was squished and flattened
1: and Very the crazy. the execs were like yep that's that works no that like completely eliminates the magic and beauty of animation like I don't understand this like slavish devotion to these hyper realistic live action movies like sure i don't think a i don't think we need these live action remakes at all but like have a human play a mermaid whatever but then just do like a cgi fake fish that looks cute you know what i mean yeah
0: i mean that's what they kind of did with beauty and the beast and like the ones that were like it's probably beauty and the beast is probably the only movie that has at least received some positive.
1: I did like Cinderella. That was the only one I liked.
0: Yeah, Cinderella. So what I liked about Cinderella though is it was before all of this. It was the first one. And they really like expanded the story and did different things with it. So you felt like you were watching like a little bit new. Like they had like the prince and his relationship with his father be like more fleshed out. And like you kind of got to see from that perspective. So yeah, like Cinderella, I completely forgot about that one. I wasn't even counting it. Because it it seems like
1: it feels like a different place. studio, like did yeah, like it feel, that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, they did, and it feels so different. So I get, yeah, I changed my mind, then. I'll I'll correct that. Cinderella is the best one. Then Beauty and the Beast, like, was sort of mixed, but had at least some positive, and then it just went downhill from there. Yeah. Like everything from there has just been kind of, and I mean, I liked Aladdin because I was always a fan of Aladdin, and like I enjoyed it, but I still had some problems with it. But the rest of like, it's just been. I either hasn't, haven't watched it because I don't care or it's been pretty negative. So, I yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to see this, and I don't know really what to expect. I'm just going to quickly um go through the rest oh, yeah. of these here. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the second uh, of that animated uh, series, June 2nd. I'm really looking forward to that one. Apparently, we're still making Transformers movies. Who knows? Because Transformers Rise of the Beasts is coming out June 9th. I had no idea. Good for them. Um here. Yeah, good for them. Uh, here's one worth talking about: Asteroid City, coming up June Wes 16th, Anderson. and that's Wes Anderson. So this is this is what I wanted to ask you about this. So it's Wes Anderson, but you've got you know Tom Hanks,
1: Scarlett Johansson, uh, and
0: Scarlett Johansson. So like, <laughs> where where does this land for you? Is is Not Wes great. Anderson enough to to get you to see this?
1: Yes, because I do really love was anderson and his movies are so beautiful i wasn't a huge fan of his last one the french dispatches that like anthology movie he made um katie friend of the show friend of me le- really liked it but like wasn't really for me so like because i didn't like the last one i'm like interested to see if i'll like this one to see like yeah. if maybe my um like i'm waning on him maybe so I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm hoping they're not like top billed. The cast is huge, right? Um, and so I'm hoping like maybe they'll just be like mixed in. <laughs> I want to say Tom Hanks might have done voice acting for him because Scarlett, one of our writer. One of our listeners wrote in to correct me because I was like, I would how dare Wes Anderson like he would never cast her yada 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 and they're like actually Taylor ding 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 she was one of the dogs in Mm. in um oh Isle of Dogs and so maybe Tom Hanks was also in Isle of Dogs as one of the dogs because that sounds kind of familiar but anyways um I will give it the benefit of the doubt but I'm not enthused like two of my yeah. hates are in that movie, so we'll. see. Yeah,
0: that's that's what I was wondering whether or not you how you would I feel did about see
1: it, I did see Jojo Rabbit and really like Jojo Rabbit and she had a big part mm-hmm. in that movie. So okay,
0: yeah, we'll see. that's true. And l- listen, there's a lot of of like all his other staples are in here, right? Like yeah. you've got you've got Tilda Swinton, you've got Edward Norton. Um, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure Owen Wilson will show up like you've got other people in there so i'm sure there's enough for you um, yeah. disney and pixar is back with elemental coming up june 16th looks like it's in the same style um, of that movie from inside people's brains whatever that one
1: was so it's like elements uh, like fire water yes earth and it's there. opening
0: it's opening the same weekend as asteroid city and the flash movie starring everyone's favorite uh, Ezra Miller Ooh. is also opening that weekend. Like we've got those three movies from so from Disney, a Wes Anderson movie and The Flash are all opening the same weekend. If I was the the Flash producers, I would have moved that movie.
1: For even sure.
0: By because that's that's a lot of counter programming and you're already facing a lot of issues with like DC movies and Ezra Miller, so I would have been, been like, I've got to move this a week or two because uh, that's going to be a really interesting It's busy.
1: amazing that they're even going ahead based on the issues. I think
0: they felt they had to because of the money
1: They were so with, deep. Like, Michael
0: Keaton's in this movie. Michael Keaton is in the movie. He's yeah, returning he, as Batman. As Batman. Yeah. yeah, from like a different timeline. So I think they just felt like we, we have to Too like we've spent too much money. This is going to be another like two hundred million dollar movie. We've got to put it out there. But with everything that's gone on with Ezra Miller over the past year, I'm sure there's been conversations like the whole everything with DC has changed now because you know James Gunn is being put in charge of it. So plus some other people, but he's kind of the face of it. So they're really changing things there. And I feel like this is the last of that. Like we're getting the kind of final end of this kind of whatever cinematic universe they tried to build so we'll see um june 23rd no hard feelings jennifer lawrence returns to the big screen i want to see this comedy yeah i'm I'm interested to see this one Um, it looks
1: like it's almost like Ooh, how are they making this movie in 2023 like it feels very
0: 1999 to me yeah yeah and it i mean it's 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 drawn from the fairly brothers movies so the rom-coms of the 90s i'm here for it i can't wait right there for it and like i have always liked jennifer lawrence i think she's great um and i know other people go through weird people go through weird things with like now we're sick of this person that we loved for a while i think it's so
1: quirky yeah she's too funny in interviews
0: yeah, yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, June thirtieth, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Let's see if they can uh, repair the Indiana Jones uh, franchise again. Um, I will say James Mangold is the director, um, who uh, you know he he did a great job with Logan, which was the the last oh, yeah. um, film of Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine. So they, I've seen you know, that t- one. Yeah, and Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yep. Um, who is a great writer. She's she's not only in it, but it had a hand in helping to write it at Harrison Ford's request. Um, so listen, this might this might be very good.
1: Yeah, but we there's going to be a lot of de-aging, I hear. Yes,
0: but I think that's only because there's something to do with time. Like, I don't think Harrison Ford's running around being de-aged. I think there's some sort of back-in-time moment. Or whatever. So
1: it's only going to be like part, like...
0: Assignment. That's what I'm... Yes, that's what I'm. That's what I'm hearing. Okay. That it's not like the whole movie. Like he's older. It's just there's going to be some sort of flashback, flashback. or something okay. because the Nazis have something to do with it. So I think there there must be some sort of flashbacks back to the 40s or what have you.
1: Everyone knows how I feel about that de aging.
0: Yeah, you're not, <laughs> not a fan of that. Um, then there's a bunch of really random movies in July. I'll go through these quickly. Joyride, which looks like another kind of uh, kind of like a Female friend adventure movie, it looks okay. like, um, which, I mean, Stephanie Hsu, who was just nominated for an Academy Award, she's in it. She kind of headlines that cast um, there. It looks like it's going to be kind of like a interesting, fun comedy where, you know, kind of like a road trip comedy with uh, right. three friends type of thing. Uh, Theater Camp, starring Ben Platt, who's supposed to be leading some sort of ensemble of, uh, of Young theater people like Mike. camp, but it's, yes, and it's apparently supposed to be like a really like funny, like serious take on like serious in quotations. By way of like it's not taking itself too seriously, right? Like a parody, a kind real, of. yeah, parody of theater people. So that kind of looks interesting. I am interested in that. And then we get Tom Cruise on July twelfth with Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. So they're doing a two-parter that I believe they've already filmed, and they're doing one this summer and one next summer. So the next Mission Impossible movie. I've loved all the Mission Impossible movies that they've been doing the past couple of years. Like since they changed from, some, from numbers to titles, the movies have really <laughs> taken off. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. And as we just mentioned, Tom Cruise But
1: Mike, really they're coming. back to numbers. So what's going to happen?
0: Well, because it's, but it's Dead Reckoning title, part one.
1: Okay. So, you know, they're kind of
0: covering <laughs> all their bases. But Simon Pegg's back, right? Tom Cruise is back. They're, they've added Hayley Atwell, uh, who's great. So we'll see kind of what happens there. Um, and then July 21st, we know this is the date that our fans are mostly long most awaited for the, the long awaited Barbie movie.
1: Yeah. July can't
0: 21st, the, the same weekend as Oppenheimer, the, Which the I also, Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> I
1: really want to see. I also really
0: want to But again, talk about two very different movies. Like I'll probably see them in the same weekend. Like honestly. head to head. I'll probably both see them opening weekend. Yeah.
1: Cillian um, Murphy.
0: Yeah, like he's such a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Like that's just, and that's the thing, like you look at all these films that are coming out and like what have we kept saying like all these like really great people are in it? And that's what's cool about summer movies. You get the big names. Mm-hmm. And this summer, just for whatever reason, aside from Fast X, there isn't really a movie where I'm just kind of rolling my eyes yeah. at. I'm like, I'm actually really interested to see the Barbie movie and Oppenheimer and to see what these are like.
1: It seems like the first time in a long time, and I know, like, last week, the World Health Organization is like, COVID's over, <laughs> the pandemic is over. But, anyways, um, whatever. <laughs> but, um, it seems like the first time in a long time that we're actually getting movies that aren't like fran- necessarily like franchise movies. Like, we are we're a bigger mix. We're getting yeah. yeah, a much better mix of like new movies or. Maybe it is um, existing IP, but it's like a new take, so like the Barbie movie, but like like the Barbie movie, yeah. yeah like, but Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, I'm probably saying that wrong. Is like I a think it's one off. Yeah, it's like a one off, like big history biopic. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so like, yeah. There's gonna be something for everyone this summer.
0: Yeah, uh, and then the summer movie ends with Haunt Disney's Haunted Mansion, July twenty eighth. Don't
1: they already and have then a- Meg- don't they have already they have
0: already a haunted have. mansion movie? I don't know. This is I'm according to three sources, it's twenty years after the Eddie Murphy headlined uh, the popular park attraction, um, which failed to launch a franchise. Now is a movie. Okay. Um, uh, directed by the dear white people director um, Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, Danny DeVito. Rosario Dawson, Jamie Lee Curtis. That's yeah. a pretty good cast. So, yeah, and Disney Haunted Mansion. And it's up against Meg 2, The Trench. So it'll do well. Meg <laughs> Because two. who wants to see Meg 2, The Trench. So Meg 2, um, Jason Statham's movie? The Meg was the big shark movie oh, okay. from a couple of years ago. <laughs> so now that the shark's back, the Dawn or whatever it's called is back. And Jason you know, Statham has to punch it in the nose. Or as
1: corny as it is, like that is a good way to end the summer. You had a yeah. movie as yeah. a giant shark.
0: And with the giant shark and with Jason Statham. Like, I'm not kidding. I'm pretty sure he jumped in the water and at one point had to punch the shark in the
1: Yeah, face. well, isn't that how you that fight sharks happens. in real life? Yeah, you you're supposed to pop them the in the nose. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then they don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fair. Like, who would like being popped in the nose, honestly? Like yeah. would anybody? Like No the, creature. Uh, people act like that's some, yeah, like some sort of revelation. Like, I'm pretty sure if you punch anything or anyone in the nose, they're not gonna like it. Like, that's not
1: Everything's connected. Your eyes and your nose areas, yeah, your cavity. Definitely, no. it would hurt. Yeah,
0: <laughs> make your eyes water at least. Uh, but there you go. That's our preview of all the various movies. But so many movies, like a yeah. lot for the summer season. And you're right, Taylor. Like I think I think it's still important for public health for people to be like careful and safe and do what you need to do to stay safe. It just does feel like this is really the first summer where we feel out of it.
1: Where like quote unquote, is, normal. like that's yes like exactly we're getting back season. to the
0: cycle. yeah, and there's more movies than we've seen in the past because things have stopped being delayed, and we're starting to see kind of the big names return for big movies that we're excited about, which is really great. yeah. um, okay, let's review some movies. Um, we saw two very different movies this week. Uh, yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> I, I of course, I'm gonna talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, which is our official kickoff the summer season. And then you, you know, some, I always know, especially now that you're going to have to, you know, be careful about what you see and when and having time to see it. But you shocked me with this one um, where you, you said a tourist guide to love. Um, Not only had I never heard of that movie, I thought, Oh, this, this can't be a new movie on Netflix and it's new. It just came out. It It literally just came out (laughs) very new. Um, I've never heard of it. I don't know anything about it. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. So let's start there. A tourist guide to love, okay. Taylor. I'm really curious if this is California Christmas vibes. Because I think that's what I texted you back. Like, that's yeah. what it feels like to me.
1: Um, So probably the most recognizable names in this movie are Rachel Lee Cook. So that's what caught my attention. Because I'm like, hmm, she hasn't been in a lot lately. And she's headlining this movie. Okay. And then Ben Feldman from Superstore.
0: And oh, right. then, yeah.
1: so, those are, like, the most recognizable names in, to me. And then there's Missy Pyle, who is, like, a character actress. People would know her face if they saw her. But, like, I didn't know her name. But I'm, like, definitely have seen her in things before. And then the rest of the cast I had never seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, racially Lee Cook was what attracted me to it. Um, a Tourist Guide to Love. You're thinking, okay, Taylor, another... Netflix Hallmark movie, Another California Christmas, as Mike so bravely said. This is what I... Okay. Uh I have a lot of emotions (laughs) because... um, about this movie because I feel like I don't... And I've said this before with Netflix original movies. I don't always understand the intention or, like, the genre choices they're making. So... Um it felt like some actors in this movie were acting in like a like a blockbuster rom-com. Like think like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like 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 acting like as if it was like a normal movie. So like I'm thinking of like the rom-coms I grew up with like um uh How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, The Wedding Planner. Like these aren't like B movies, you know what I mean? Like you would have yeah. gone to see this On a weekend, like they are smaller budgets because they're rom coms, but they like have big, like star power attached to them. And I um, even
0: went to see them. Like they were, everyone went to go see them. Yeah.
1: Like, are they a little bit cheesy? Yes. But like they're good movies. You know what I mean? Like, so, and then there's, and then there's like the Hallmark romance movies (laughs) that are like made for TV, very low budget. Like, and I'm not, um slagging them because like i've said on the show before like i've enjoyed like hallmark christmas movies or whatever like i think they're their own genre and you know what you're getting yourself into but like i can't figure it out if netflix is trying to make rom-coms proper or their own brand of like hallmark romance movies like b movies you know what i mean like in my mind these are two different genres right that are
0: all being smushed together which is never a good thing
1: so like (laughs) some of the actors like rachel lee cook was like kind of hamming it up the way that like tv actors ham it up in like made for tv movies and then like um ben feldman and um the other like the other romantic interest i might be pronouncing his last name and i apologize scott lee or scott lie um they were acting as if they were in like a like a normal budget rom-com you know what i mean like they yeah. were like yeah they like weren't phoning it in they weren't like it wasn't like kind of over the top performances they were like rom-com performances but they weren't So, like, I'm, like, Netflix, what are you doing? I don't understand. And, like, it seemed – so, like, the premise of the movie is that a travel executive um, goes through a breakup and to, like, clear her head, she, like, goes on assignment to Vietnam. I'm – there was, like, lots of B-roll of, like, Vietnam. So, like, I'm assuming they filmed this, like, on location in Vietnam. So, like – it's not lacking in production value. Like, it had the production value, again, of a rom-com. But, right. like, the script and some of the acting choices and, like, the the boss character definitely, like, made-for-TV movie caricature. You know what I mean? Yeah. Miss, Missy Pyle. Yeah. Like, uh, she does this weird, like, transatlantic, like, Catherine Hepburn accent that, like, no one talks in anymore. But she talks like a 1940s, like, yes, Amanda, you should go to Vietnam. It will make you, like, I don't, like it was just, like, so weird. Wait, and, like, this is
0: modern day? Like, this is yes! now?
1: now? And no other, she was the only character that talked in this weird, like, Vietnam would be good for you, Amanda. Ha ha, I'm your boss, but also your best friend. I don't know. It was, like, so weird. So, like, uh, so anyways, I feel so torn because it's like, um. It was like when I watched that go- that we have a ghost movie. I'm like, what? Who right. is this movie for? You're making such weird choices. Like, is this a family movie? Is this a movie for young adults? I don't know. Um, so I I would say this definitely falls into the category of uh, like quote unquote Hallmark movie. Even like the mm-hmm. the font they chose for the title cards was like very corny like script like someone wrote like like you know what I mean like
0: uh, down gosh. to the, when you have some problem down to the font that's usually an issue Yeah, <laughs> like if that's your issue
1: so that being said <laughs> the movie was fine it was an hour and a half I watched it while my baby was napping I enjoyed yeah. it like the hour and a half blew by it's definitely like a breezy movie you know what's gonna happen. It's gonna have a happy ending. If you're looking for kind of just like a fluff movie or like a candy movie, you know, like so sweet. It's not necessarily yeah. good for you but you're gonna enjoy it. This movie is fine. You know what I mean? Like it's the chemistry between Scott, Lee, or Lai, and I, again I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong, between Scott and Rachel Lee Cook um, is very good. Like they have very good chemistry. Um, There's a scene with like a Vietnamese grandma that like really tugged at my heartstrings like made me think of my baba um i'm like am i not done grieving yet why is this why is this b movie making me so emotional but anyway like that was like very like thoughtful or whatever um at the end of the day to me this is this is like an airplane it you know what i mean like you need Mm -hmm. to kill an hour and a half put this on you know what i mean right But you also are not missing anything in your life (laughs) if you don't see this movie. Like, you're better off watching How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, um, Sweet Home Alabama. Like, put on, like, one of the rom-coms you grew up with and enjoy. Um, But, like, it was fine. But, like, Netflix, I don't, I just don't understand the creative decisions they're making. We talk about this all the time. The money they throw at projects. Mm Um. And it's just like what? What the heck? I was listening to my scam podcast. I don't know if I mentioned this on previous episodes, but I'm listening to a podcast about scams, and, um, and
0: that's no, you have not brought that. I up. mentioned
1: the haunted house one, but not the scam podcast. So, anyways, I was yes, listening to a yes. podcast about scams, and like the newest episode is about how uh, this like a movie, a fake movie, was made to like cover up fraud, and the people on the show were talking about how like. They're, like, we feel like half of Hollywood or, like, 30% of Hollywood is just laundering money because you'll, like, go on Hulu and see this, like, random movie that, like, came out this year with, like, big mm-hmm. names that, like, yeah. has not been marketed. You have no idea. That's what this movie felt like. Like, no hype whatsoever. It just lands on Netflix. Like, yeah. So they can write
0: it off as a loss. Or right? Yeah.
1: Like, she's yeah. so random. And anyways, uh, a tourist guy to love. Um, is a is an airplane it <laughs> um
0: yeah.
1: uh, bottom of the point. barrel guys netflix bottom needs to come barrel. out with some better stuff because i'm chained yeah. to my baby at nap time so where's uh where's
0: our last season of stranger things here let's go
1: right although yeah i don't know what i'm gonna you can only listen to so many podcasts so you can.
0: yeah <laughs> you are going to have to do something there. Um, Okay. So um, I saw guardians of the galaxy volume three in theaters uh, during the preview night. So just the day before it opened, I got to go see it. You have to pay more for that? No, you don't pay more. The tickets just go by real fast. Like it's all the big Marvel fans. Like I I used to, uh, at least in Kingston, I used to get a group together and it was a little easier in Kingston to get the Thursday night tickets, but out, out in Ottawa, I got to tell you they went real fast. Like, all the VIP theaters. So there's three VIP theaters at the top floor of the Cineplex. All three of them were showing guardians of the galaxy, which never happens. They use had different movies. They're playing it every half hour. Every, every show is sold out. Like it was so you had to buy, I bought like a month in advance just yeah. to make sure I got tickets. Um, yeah. So big, big Marvel movie, obviously to, to kick off the summer as well. Um, James Gunn back to to write and direct this one. It's uh, making bank at the box office. Um, overall, like I, I have to say, and I'm not going to get into deep spoilers, but I'm going to talk about the movie a little bit. It's been out for two weeks, so hopefully people have have heard enough about it. I'm not going to go into huge spoilers, but I'm going to talk about the movie in a general standpoint. So that's just a warning. Maybe skip the next 10 minutes or so just in case. Um, it, it was overall a pretty good movie. Like I was impressed with Marvel kind of coming back a little bit. It's been it's been a slow dip for me, where well, the past couple of movies have been feeling worse and worse for me. Where I've been like, okay, I'm not I'm not feeling this. This is going in a bad direction. I'm getting a little scared for Marvel, which I love so much. Um, this movie felt like they came back to it a little bit. Um, it was really really well put together. It was a well thought out movie. Everything kind of made sense. Um, and it was just like straight up strong performances all over the place. Um, this movie really, really focuses on Rocket, who's the raccoon voiced by Bradley Cooper. We get a lot of his backstory, um, and where he came from and anyone who knows from the comic books or saw the first movie, they know that he, w- he's sort of a genetic, uh, engineered creation. Where someone took a raccoon. The internet and... is
1: saying the backstory is very sad.
0: Yes, um, that kind of brings me to a small warning that yes, the backstory is sad because it is you know it. You could make the argument that it, that it you know animal cruelty is a part of it. It's it's hard for me when it's CGI created creatures, but I think for some people that wouldn't matter um, because they're CGI creatures of animals. Like his backstory is sad. You should know that going into it. The the time we spend in the past learning his backstory is a lot more than I thought we would. And it is sad the whole time because the villain of the story, who they created, is someone who is trying to create the perfect being. Right. So he is experimenting relentlessly without feeling on not only animals, but everything. Like, But he's right. using animals as the standpoint to start. You should know that going into it. like People should, should know and understand that that's a part of it. Like This was an extremely, extremely easy villain to hate because all you have Low to do bar. is be like yeah like like honestly they like oh he you know he tortures animals and like okay well i can't wait Not for great. the guardians to beat him up like, <laughs> like you know it, it was so it was so easy even for me who like again i look i can separate and look at this from a movie standpoint but i'm like yeah i see what you're doing here like it's good enough for me to be like i hope chris pat punches him in the mouth yep um but uh you know they did again. They do. They do a good job. I think it's it's a it's done in a tasteful way. You see enough, but not too much. You get a sense of what's going on. It is a big part of who what made Rocket who he is, and you learn a lot about that. And it's very satisfying. Again, I'm not going to give away too too much, but listen, this is an an end for the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's going to end on some happy notes, to for to you know to some standpoint because they really want it to to end at least this group of people being the Guardians of the Galaxy. And it is a satisfying type of movie where you, the, your, your heroes have a task in front of them. A villain sort of interrupts this task happening, is sort of obsessed with, with capturing Rocket and getting him back. And you you see them have to take down this villain and complete their task. And it's very well done. And it is satisfying. I didn't
1: before. realize it was um, like the end of a trilogy. I didn't... Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Like it's the third Guardians movie and they're really ending it for a lot of various reasons. Now I will say, again, very, very light spoilers, they left it very open at the end right. because I think they want to have the option to bring back characters individually as they want to. Like I think they want that flexibility in Marvel. But yeah, they were very much ending it because there are some people who aren't coming back. There are some actors whose contracts are done and they're not coming back. So I think they really wanted to end a trilogy for them. Um, And again, as a, like, as a trilogy, the Guardian films, I think this is a pretty good addition to it. And I do think that it's not as funny as the first one. It's definitely better than the second one that I felt like lost some of the humor there. It's, it's got some of the humor. And I would say like one of my negative notes is it, it sometimes has a tone problem where the humor is there and it's quirky and it's less undercutting the drama, which is great. But the drama of this movie is so much more intense than I think people were expecting, right? And certainly that I was expecting. because well, this the, is more of a drama.
1: The first one is like almost a comedy. Like I really it's like a, the it's first a space one. comedy.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, it's a straight up comedy. And the second one, to me, suffers from like sequelitis, but is still a comedy. This one is, I would describe it as a drama that has some lighter comedic moments to it, but the comedy isn't as much the focus, right? It is the drama, which I think will shock some people. I think some people won't be anticipating that, but it is, yeah, it is a, um, it is a drama. I would say first and foremost, a couple other like nitpicky things. Like they introduce Adam Warlock finally. And for the first time, um, and he's kind of, brush to the side like we kind of get I think it's just meant to be just an introduction and I do like the character like he he plays like a buffoon like so Will (laughs) Poulter who's who was in We're the Millers and he's been in a bunch of stuff he has a recognizable face yes uh, eyebrows as many people call them
1: yeah
0: (laughs) uh which is really funny because he did this interview where he's like yeah like I keep people keep talking about my eyebrows but I think Actors all have eyebrows, though. Like, he doesn't get it,
1: <laughs> which is really
0: funny, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but anyway, so he, like, Adam Warlock is this created being by these people who were introduced in the second Guardians movie. He's sort of a mix of human and this created species. And they're trying, again, to also perfect themselves. But he, even though he's a grown man, he's, he has, like, the attitude of a child. Right. Like he doesn't understand anything, so he he's kind like of a new being. Plays... Yeah, he's new. He's yeah. new. So he, he kind of they play it off as he's kind of a buffoon and he's kind of stupid, and that adds a lot of comedy and intrigue. But he's really tossed to the side. Yeah. Like he's not the focal point of the of the movie. And I felt like they could have done more to enhance that. It was the only thing that I felt like was a little like shoved in there for no reason. The other thing I wanted to bring up was the end. I felt like this was a very 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 good movie. And then the end was them wrapping up the Guardians of the Galaxy. It felt tacked on and it was a little quick. Where there's just like, yeah, now we gotta show you where everyone's going right. and like what's happening at the end. And I felt like there could have that could have been more part of the story. Um, and it felt like it was tacked on at the end. It like, felt like we had a very good movie and then quickly at the end be like, Oh yeah, we gotta put these people somewhere.
1: Like a sitcom when it's like the series finale and they like end yes. the episode, but then it's like 10 years later and there's like a ten sort of minute.
0: yeah <laughs> yeah sort of and it and it did feel a little bit like um you know they wanted to show where characters are going and what right. happens to them and it felt a little bit like kind of like that where it's like and now you know i i must leave you and here's this constructed reason that we sort of teased but didn't really go into detail so it felt a little out of nowhere for me um but again overall Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is a see-it for me. I had very few, like these are nitpicky problems that I think they could have done a better job. It was a surprisingly good movie to me. I I was really worried after the last Ant-Man movie that I thought things are going off the rails, but I was pleasantly surprised. I'm I'm glad that they kind of were able to come back to it. It does make me, you know, cautiously excited for what's coming next in the Marvel Cinematic universe. Um, so overall, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is a see it for me. Um, quickly before we end the episode, Taylor, we just wanted to bring up that a Kingston Institution has closed and is continuing its sort of closing sale. Classic Video uh, is closing, which was very very sad news. Very it was sad such a news. Neat, out of nowhere, yeah. Like, yeah. It, and it was such a neat video store. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure everyone has lots of feelings and thoughts and stories from it. But we wanted to bring that up because, you know, we we both enjoyed classic.
1: Yeah. And um, there are ways to support the closing. So unfortunately, the owner does have quite a bit of um, COVID relief related debt. So um, he is selling off all his inventory at like insanely low prices so if you can get into get into the store um, and buy some DVDs and TV series he has TV series that like you can't stream so mm-hmm. definitely worth checking out um, and there's also a GoFundMe we don't have the link but it's very easy to find online just GoFundMe classic video and um, if you can't get into the store maybe consider making a monetary monetary donation Um, it truly was an institution like 35 mm-hmm. years in Kingston yeah and then, and
0: we'll we'll definitely post that on socials like yeah. i I'll find the links and we'll put that out there,
1: um, yeah, there's just nowhere you can go to rent movies like that, like and one of like the last in Canada that's not even like I think people like will not really appreciate the weight of that closing um. Until they like want to go watch something they can't get online. You know what I mean? Mike, yeah. like, it's just yeah. like we were so fortunate in Kingston to have something like that. And unfortunately, it's gone now. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And it, it is really too bad. We will get those links. Like, we'll, we'll put the information about the sales uh, out on our socials. And we'll definitely share the link um, for the GoFundMe as well. Like, you're absolutely right. Like, I think, Taylor, you hit it right on the head. Like, we had this place where if you couldn't find it online. Oh, we'll go to Classic Video. Yeah. It, they'll have it. He
1: would order um, things in it. for you if you asked oh, him. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was a great
0: place. It, it you know, it's a shame to see that they had to close. I mean, I I understand the yeah. situation that they're in like COVID, you know, COVID does that, right? Like it, it unfortunately did make it very difficult for some businesses to come back. Um, and unfortunately they they were, you know, they were a victim of that. So let's uh let's hope that uh, that you know, he, everything goes well with the journey that he's on next. And, you know, let's hope that we still see other places to rent movies and try to go support them if you can. And let's not, let's not get rid of our independent movie related places. Like go to the screening room, go check out a movie at the screening room, go support them. So they're not here. It's great to have a downtown theater in Kingston that brings you some stuff that you honestly can't even see at multiplexes anyway. Um, And they're doing a great job with themed nights and other things. So definitely go support them while we have them they'll be uh, gone before you know it um there you go that brings us to the end of this episode thank you again to everyone for listening this week uh hopefully you go out and check out some movies in this crazy summer season you know you're going to get some fun reviews here thank you again and we'll uh hear you'll hear from us next week
1: go see some movies